Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Herb Hamm. This weekly program features interviews with families and business owners telling their stories and our estate planning professionals presenting timely legal and tax advice and valuable information on charitable giving. On this segment of the program, we focus on will planning for businesses. Our guest is tax and legal expert Roland Lequie in conversation with Melanie Grant of Macmillan Estate Planning. What happens to a business owner if they don't have a will and their and their business? Well, interesting question. I mean, the reality of the situation is the business does not die. It continues on. It is an entity independent of the shareholders. So if one shareholder dies, their shares are dealt with according to their estate and dictated through the will. If you don't have a will, then the law will dictate who your beneficiaries are. And there's an order of priority. Obviously, a spouse would be the first uh, level of beneficiary, then children. Then the list expands amongst family further and further away, whether it's uncles and aunts, cousins, nieces and nephews, etc. Eventually, if there are no family members, it does go to the government, but it has to go pretty far before we get there. So with your business owner who dies without a will, the company continues on, but the shares are going to go according to the legislation to the next beneficiary in line. Now, if it's a 100% owned business, that's probably not too big a concern. The uh, person with a consulting company that owns all the shares, they do all the work, that company continues, but will probably end due to the fact that the consultant has passed away. The more difficult situation is a business where there are multiple shareholders. So we have three or four people that own a third or a quarter of the business. Now, if a party dies and the will dictates or the legislation dictates where that goes, the remaining shareholders find themselves in business with someone they may not have contemplated. So for example, if I'm a shareholder with three friends from university and we all enjoy working together, we do very well, if one party dies and his spouse becomes a shareholder, that may not be what I want. It may not be what will work for this business. So it can really affect the flow of a business and the value of that business as well. It certainly can, and they're competing interests. The surviving spouse that has now found him or herself to be a shareholder may not want to be in the business. They might want strictly to be bought out. But of course, the other owners may not agree on a price. They may not have the liquidity. So there's a number of things that come up with business owners. How do you plan for succession, whether that's through a sale in your lifetime or in this case, after your death? So Roland, what if you have a business, you're the only shareholder, and it's quite a large business. Maybe you have 100 plus employees. It operates without you. What happens if you pass on and you don't have a will? Well, there is legislation that governs this this area. Beneficiaries, as we mentioned, would go according to this certain list of priorities. But the administrator follows a similar list in that the spouse is given the the first priority to step into the shoes of the shareholder and take over the management of that. If there is no spouse, then it falls to children. If there are no children, it falls to parents. And again, it gets further and further away uh, until someone is found to 
be the administrator. So that could be quite damaging and harmful to a business, especially if that person that is appointed doesn't have the business acumen to be able to carry on the business in a functional manner. That's right. You may not like who is designated as the order priority. Your spouse may not be the best choice to step into your shoes and run the business as if they were you. If it falls to children, there may be a conflict. I mean, if you have more than one child, there could be two or three people each that want this task. And if they don't agree, it can cause a lot of family conflict. So Roland, then what might you do if you're a business owner? What kind of plan should you put in play? Well, the key is choosing your executor. You can have a special executor that deals with a special area of your life. So you could have your spouse, for example, that deals with the general issues, but you can have a special executor that is designed specifically to deal with your interest in a business or your art collection. If you have a very valuable or specific art collection, you can name someone who has power strictly to deal with that because that may be some skill that is required outside of a general person's knowledge. So when we have clients with shares in a corporation, particularly a large business that will continue on after the client passes away, we want to make sure that their executor has the skill and ability to manage that business. So it doesn't have to be the spouse or children. It can be someone specifically designated to run the business. So if you have a business, does it have to be sold if you pass on? No, it doesn't have to be sold. It can be gifted to a beneficiary, such as spouse and children. Um, Again, they may continue to have someone else run the business, and they simply enjoy the benefits and the profits that are earned from the business. So it doesn't have to be sold. The bigger the business is, the more likely it will be sold, and contemplation should be given to that kind of succession plan, whether it's having a executor designated with strictly the purpose of finding a buyer. So if I have a a thriving business and I pass away, I might pick an executor who is designed specifically to find the right buyer, maximize the benefit to my beneficiaries. Or it could be something that can continue. If there's a management team in place, there are employees that run, that do all the work, that could continue. And the spouse, children just continue to reap the rewards. So this could apply to lots of their assets, their uh, vacation home or cottage, family farm. So it can also go outside the realm of just a business. Certainly can. Revenue property is another area that a lot of clients will own one or two or a dozen rental properties that can have a management company in place that operates them and it simply generates a, a revenue stream for spouse and kids. So within a will, you can tailor a lot of your wishes in there. But in addition to wills, a business owner may also want to consider consider possibly trust work. Yeah, so trust provides for a number of benefits. The primary benefit is governance. So having someone who's designated as a manager of the asset doesn't mean they benefit from it, but they have to manage it and they can put their rules in place or they can rely on the discretion of the trustee. So a good example of that might be having money set aside in a trust 
for a child to go to school. And if the child is diligent and attending a recognized school, the trust can pay for education, pay for the cost of living, buy them a car, make sure they can get to and from school. All of these things can be designated as a benefit. But if the child decides, well, I'm going to go to school for a good time, not a long time, the trustee might decide, well, we're not paying for you anymore. If you're not diligently working towards a, a degree, that gravy train ends. And you have to either pay for your own education or you get out and get a job. So we can design the trust with discretion given to someone that you trust and allow them to make the decision when the time comes. So you could also put your business into a trust, have beneficiaries that would benefit from the operation of that business, and appoint a trustee to manage the business then. Yes, you certainly can. The larger the business is, the more that it operates independent of the party who's died, the more that happens. And it certainly does happen every day. And that's probably how a lot of businesses have succeeded generation after generation after generation, yet stayed, still stayed within a family um, unit. That's right. There is that that belief that the first generation creates a business, the second generation grows it, and the third generation loses it. <laughs> so a trust can be used to avoid that third generation from depleting or, or losing a, a family business. It also would provide uh, steady income, for instance, for your spouse, if your spouse doesn't have good business acumen or be able to have the ability to manage some assets as well for themselves and lay, provide a layer of protection from matrimonial law. Yeah, that's another benefit of the trust is that it can prevent the asset, the goose that laid the golden age, for example, it can prevent that asset from being lost by virtue of the spouse remarrying or the spouse having some liability in their own hands that you don't want to attach to the business. So for business owners that have created substantial wealth, um, this is a viable option for them and probably one of the best for a level of protection. Yes. Once a business reaches a certain level, we certainly recommend trust planning for succession and protection. Melanie Grant will be back in a moment with the noted photographer Robert Lemmermeyer. This is The Strong Room.